0: Welcome back to another episode of Unexpected Success with your host, Joy. Hi. Happy New Year, guys. I mean, this may not come out, um, you know, in January. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, it is a happy new year, 2019. So 2019. happy to be able to say we made it.
1: We made it. We and I am so to happy
0: it. to have in the studio today, Dr. Shirley Medeir, a New York, new York City-based yes. plastic surgeon. Yes. And she's bad. <laughs> bad She's to the hot. bone. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so I you know I've had the pleasure of uh, of, of meeting you. And I'm um, in awe of you. I have been since I've met you. Um, and uh, Dr. Shirley is also uh, the host of Forever Fab, a podcast on beauty, fashion, and wellness. Yes. Uh, and also check her out on Instagram, uh, ForeverFabMD. Uh, it's not to be missed. You'll learn everything you want to know about plastic surgery. And more. And more. This, and more <laughs> in this very plastic world we live in right now. So, um Yeah, Dr. Shirley, hi. Hi, (laughs) Joy. How exciting. I know, it's so exciting to talk to you. So I just want to know everything about you. Um, I just think that, you know, you're such an inspiration to um, just young women, right, Uh, of all backgrounds, just because you are you probably had the choice to go so many different directions I and did. you decided to go into medicine and yes. and not only medicine, but plastic surgery, surgery. right? Mm. And, um, <laughs> I just really want to find out like more about who you are. Right. I yeah. mean, this path that gets you where you are today. Um,
1: I know, I'm shaking my head. Like, I, hmm. I know,
0: I know. <laughs> so, where are you from?
1: I was born in Port au Prince, Haiti.
0: Okay, Sabase.
1: passé, baby. <laughs> and um, so, born in Port au Prince, Haiti. Um, so, I am of Haitian descent, but my family is, or and my family is multicultural. So, on my father's side, I've got some Dominican, some Latin American, some Italian. Um, and I guess that uh, what's. Partially creates some of my fieriness. Right. I love uh, it. But I embrace it. Um, But I left or my parents brought me to the States when I was one. And even though I came to the States when I was one, speaking only French, so school was a bit challenging for me because English was not my first language, so I had to, you know get through that but um, they brought me here when I was one and despite being in New York since I was one obviously the tradition and the culture and the language stayed with me so I would go to American school but I would come home and it would very much be the Haitian multicultural household right and so Um, you
0: moved to New York and where do you move to where did you where were you raised Well, we lived
1: in a lot of different places so I don't remember in exactly what order but at one point we were in Brooklyn and another point we were in Queens at another point but I think most recently we were in upper upper Manhattan okay what I like to call upper, the Manhattan, upper upper right. West side <laughs> right, right Harlem USA oh, right um, and that was pretty cool that's awesome yeah awesome do you have yeah. siblings I do I have one younger sister she's a few years younger than I okay. and she is a fabulous music executive oh I love it yeah love she's it. cool she's hip I'm the nerd Okay. And she's the cool and hip one. You got to have one of each. You got to have one of and each. And you're right? pretty hip and cool yourself. I try. <laughs> I don't know if I'm And is it, she still in New York? She is still in New York. She's still yes. in New York. Okay, yeah. awesome. Awesome. So we powwow every once in a while and we speak frequently. Okay. And, yeah.
0: and so just how were you as a child? Were you, if you had to describe yourself?
1: As a child, I was very, I like to say dynamic. Other people may say hyper. Okay. But <laughs> I'm going to keep it at dynamic. Okay. But as a child, I was inquisitive. I was wow. very curious. I love to learn about the way things work. I love to let my mind roam free. Um, so details like Legos or like details like your
0: Barbies had, you had the perfect outfit for each Barbie? Yeah, or I, was w- it- I
1: was probably a little bit of both. I loved building things, and but I loved more creative building. I wrote plays. You did? I did. <laughs> As a child. As a young lady, a young woman, a child, I guess. I used to write what I thought were plays, and they weren't very long, believe me. Maybe they were 15 to 20 pages, and I was so proud of them. I created characters. I developed characters and plot lines and everything. And and did Did you act them out? I did not act them out. I just wrote them down, and then I sent them several houses down to a friend of mine and i think um and i hope it's not a problem saying her name now i may not have her correctly but diana levin or diane levin she lives several houses on the same block and i sent them to her Uh. and she would always tell me oh my god they were so great like she devoured them and she thought they were so awesome i never did anything with that writing skill though. do you still have them i do not you don't i don't know where they are um, so somebody has them. Maybe someone yeah, in Hollywood life. has them. <laughs> maybe, hmm, let me think about this a minute. Right. <laughs> maybe <laughs> Diane Remember that Le- movie? Levine. <laughs> maybe she's using your... Somebody's <laughs> rewriting my story. <laughs> Seriously. So I did that creatively. Okay. Now, yeah. I did play with Legos. I did play with Barbies. I wasn't too much into the Barbies so much. And in addition to the, what I thought was creative writing, I also drew... You I drew, okay. but I drew... Do you still kind of draw? Yeah, I still kind of draw. Back then, though, I was really into it, though. I drew clothing. I was, I fancied myself a fashion designer, and I had all my colored pencils, and I remember one... In, I mean, I had facial features and everything. I drew human forms with, you know, clothing on.
0: It's <laughs> fascinating.
1: And I remember my aunt looking at one of my designs and saying, oh my God, I want that dress. And I was like, okay, well, make it happen. That's amazing. I did nothing with that either, so Yes. <laughs>
0: But you you have a creative mind, and you act on it. So it's nice yeah. if you just visualize it, you actually think of it, and you create. That's amazing. And yes. your parents, so, are you, so what did your parents do for, for a living? So
1: my mom um, was a homemaker, and then she was... Um, a secretary. And then she became like a cultural attache at the Haitian consulate. My father was always a corporate banker with um, okay. European banks. So he was much more the numbers guy.
0: Right. And
1: um, my mom, you know, took care of house and home. And I think I got the appreciation of art um, and fashion from my mom, because okay. she was the one who introduced me to travel at a very early age. Um, I remember going into her closet and reading all these designer names that I I'm now very familiar with, but I wasn't right. back then. You know, Charles George, Charles Jordan. You know, Azadina Laya. You know, Chanel. I mean, her closet was full of that stuff.
0: Oh, amazing! She imported
1: ribbons from Paris and put them in my hair, and I hated them. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but so. you would put on, like, would you dress up in your mom's closet? Like, would you? Do I would dress girls? up uh,
1: mostly in her shoes, not her clothes, because they wouldn't fit. But her shoes and her jewelry. Yeah, I would so try. Much so much fun. So much. So much fun. I got into trouble for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I broke a few of my mom's heels. Yeah, I can assure you they would not design her, but wherever she got them, she paid money for them, and <laughs> no she, was not am- she was not amused. So. No doubt, no <laughs> so doubt. Red lipstick and, and, and high heels, that would break. Yeah. Um, okay, so you were an inquisitive child. You were curious. You were, yeah. cre- you were creative. Any sports? Anybody
1: yes, know? yes. I uh, used to run when I was in grade school, and I didn't win those races. I played a lot of tennis because both my parents are um, avid tennis players. Oh, okay. um, volleyball, I played. And obviously, I uh, was totally into ballet. I'm sorry, hair oh yes, yeah, I annoying
0: <laughs> you, annoying. and I'm like, and I, and I keep on watching you do this, and I'm like, just letting it. Just I know because be I can't there. see it like, because it's I like know.
1: blonde, so it's I like, <laughs> <laughs> i like, I think I see I something, but I'm not sure. Let <laughs> <I'm
0: laughs> <not> me <sure. I'm laughs> <gonna laughs> just move that out the way. Thank okay. you, thank
1: you. That's love right there. Um, yes, ballet dancing and ballet yeah. dancing, and so
0: yeah, I definitely wanted to touch upon the ballet okay. because that's obviously key I guess when did you realize that you when did you kind of define your own style and your own aesthetic how Mm. old would you say you are
1: probably yeah I think I defined that my own aesthetic when I was in grade maybe sixth or seventh grade wow yeah it was a bit early because I remember being teased about and what was that aesthetic like what it you know, was just a <clears throat> wabi sabi mix of whatever I felt like. Just whatever you it felt like. It wasn't necessarily that day. classic. I always remember thinking, how do I feel today and what does that look like in clothing? Love it. I expression, just, just expression. Expression. Just based on my mood. Right. Yeah. But most of my schooling, I went to an all girls, all women's, you know, Catholic school. So I had a uniform. Right. But even um, throughout that time, I would adjust the uniform in ways that were acceptable. So I'd roll up the skirt a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I'd wear you know the cute floppy away with. Yeah, right. yeah. Like see what I can get away with. You know, I'd wear the gloves even when the gloves weren't required. You know, right. Oh, I, would, I love that. I would. I would experiment.
0: I love that. Okay, and so you went to a, a all girls Catholic yes. school up to what grade?
1: Oh, so I went to All Girls Catholic High School, and then I broke out of the religious education system and went to, you know, regular college. Okay. And where'd you go to college? I went to college at Boston University. Okay. Be Be you. you. Be you. That's the (laughs) message. Just be you. Just be you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't try to be anybody else. Just be you.
0: And how was Boston? How did you you, uh, adjust?
1: I had no problems adjusting. I had a wonderful time in Boston. I recognize that college was an opportunity for me not only to learn a lot academically, but to learn a lot about life. So i maxed out on everything again, legally, I maxed out (laughs) on studying. I was a double major, English biology, French literature minor, and I maxed out on extracurricular activities. So I continued to dance. In addition to the ballet, I took ballroom dancing. I took music education. Um, I went around and found out about different student unions. I just tried to meet as many people as possible because I did think Boston was a fabulous melting pot of culture
0: at least right. on
1: the educational college, you know, graduate school level.
0: Now, at this point, you're, you know, you're young, you're gorgeous. You're on Boston. Know about gorgeous. You're, yeah, you're gorgeous. That took a minute. You're in college. <laughs> it took years. Did you know, did you have an idea of where you were going? Did you have, were you strongly set in what you wanted to do? Because, I mean, you were clearly good at so many
1: things. I, I think that because I was so curious and ambitious, that I was set on once I decided that I was going to do that, I was set on becoming a physician. I didn't quite know exactly that I was going to go into plastic surgery, but I was definitely set on becoming a well-rounded physician. and I think that's all that I went into it. right with. Now
0: I, you know, I don't know uh, clearly, I don't know all of the people in your family and and the friends that you knew growing up. but I guess how did you know that you could be a physician? I think that to a certain degree,, um, you know, I grew up in, a, in, a, in an area that a lot of the, a lot of the kids uh, didn't know you could become mm-hmm. these things. They, they could never visualize themselves yeah. um, as doctors or yeah. lawyers. And I guess, how did you have the vision that you could become?
1: I owe so much of that possibility and the manifestation of what I visualize to my family. Um, right. No one in my immediate family is a physician, so that I had no experience. I had no idea what that would entail or would involve. Um, no one in my immediate family um, had gone through medical school or even something remotely related to be able to say, listen, this is what it could potentially be like. Right. However, I do have parents who always told me that whatever I envisioned was a possibility Amazing. and that right. if I worked hard and was the best person that I could be, Um, even with our, you know, my human foibles, if I just did it with integrity and with um, intention that I could get there. And what's the worst thing that could happen? I tried it, I failed. Eh, So what? Right. So I grew up with that notion. Which is everything, right? I think, I think it's a lot. Right. Because going through surgical education. Yeah, I can't imagine. So I went through it and I still can't imagine. I mean, it's surreal how painful on so many levels it can be, um, especially if you have to check the other box. Um, Right. It can be so painful. But actually, it's in going through that fire partially that um, helped to motivate me to be the best that I could be.
0: Now, were there like signs along the way, like when you... You know when you feel like you just kind of want to give up because I think mm-hmm. that you know you know I um, I haven't been to medical school and I can't imagine um, but I have had some education some higher education and there were always times where I'm just like you know for what
1: <laughs> what <laughs> like, is the wh- for? Like, am I- why I- I- like, <laughs> why like, me like, what am I trying to prove you yeah. know what
0: I mean and 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 there would always inevitably be some kind of sign that made me say oh, okay fine you yeah. know what I mean yeah. like. I'm going to keep pushing. Yeah. Did you ever need that kind of encouragement?
1: Yes, I needed it often, probably right. every day. Right. <laughs> um, so for me, medical school, um, and, and, and I'm not trying to sound you know, pompous or anything, but I very much enjoyed it. And <laughs> <Be> pompous, <laughs> and yeah. it wasn't easy, but I enjoyed it, and it wasn't too much of a struggle. I mean, I, I had my struggles in medical school also, um, but I, I think it's because when you're going through systematic and systematized kind of learning that way there isn't too much room for how an individual learns best the way that things are taught are the way is the way that you Better learn it. And I'm much more of a visual learner, and I sometimes need time to process and integrate information. And sometimes in medical school and definitely in residency, you don't have that kind of time. So I always needed extra time. I was the kind of person who I would have to hear something in a lecture, then I'd have to write it down, then I'd have to reread it, and then I'd have to try to visualize, and then I'd have to memorize it. So for me, my learning pattern, you know, and it took me years to To figure that out, to realize that that was my thing. Um, But yes, there were many times, oh gosh. Too many times where I didn't think about giving up, but there were definitely moments of despair because I'm also the type of person that if I start something, I really feel like I have to finish it, unless it's to my detriment or somebody else's detriment, which, of course, I would not do. Um, But I remember one time in particular I had just... I had had it. I don't know if it was the 120th hour of the week that I was working. I don't know if it was... you know the comments that I would getting, you know, that I was getting the isms. You know whether it was I was female or a woman of color, right. or just you know, oh you're not good enough. Uh, 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 uh. Right. All that stuff over and over and over and over and over again. And I got to the point where I thought, oh my gosh, I really thought I could handle this. I mean, I was a, an honor student. I did well in school, and you know, I I got in for crying out loud. They accepted right. me, and right. I presume they accepted me because they thought, you know, they yeah, could were that I was qualified. Right. Um, So there was one day in particular, I came back and it was surgical residency. I can't remember if it was my first year, my second year, but again, it went on for the entire five years. But one day in particular, I came home and I was bawling. I was in tears. I just couldn't take it anymore. And I knew I was going to continue, but I just didn't know how I was going to wake up the next day and continue. And it got to the point where things were so bad, I was being chronically late. And that's one of the worst things that you can do in a surgical residency because you're part of a team. So if you're late and you're not in at 4.30 in the morning, then the person and the people who are in at four in the morning have to take your work on to get the work done before having to go to the operating room at seven o'clock in the morning. So not only was there was way too much pressure coming everywhere. So, um, that on top of the negative feedback that I was getting and whether it was warranted or not, it doesn't matter. It It was negative feedback all the time. I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. So I came home, I was bawling, I was in tears and I didn't know who else to turn to except my family. They had been there for me in the past. They were always there. So I called my mom and she heard me, you know, she, I told her my story, oh, this and that, and they did this, and they said that to me, and I'm not good enough, and I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to finish, blah, 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 blah. I went on and on and on, and she's silent. She's oh. just listening. Yeah. And when I was done, you know, I gathered myself, and I was just like, well, right, so what, you, what, you what, you what, what do like, you think? Right. And she just said, take a deep breath, and remember, when you're going through times like that, just ask yourself. Do they know who you are? Woo! That's already bringing tears to my eyes because when I think about that, I was like, oh my God, that was the best thing she could have said to me. I have goosebumps. I have goosebumps and obviously I'm starting to, um, you know, choke up because at the time I thought, you know, mom, and I did respond, mom, they don't care who I am. They don't care who my family is. They don't care. You know, we have some, we like to say we have some royalty in our blood. And I remember responding to her saying, mom, they don't care that I'm the granddaughter of this person or that diplomat. Or they don't care that my legacy is this or my family is that. They don't care. Right. Right. And all she could say was, just remember who you are. Which is the best advice. Which is the best advice. I mean, and you take that. Into and I took every that. Every situation. And I took that into every situation. And I was just like, it doesn't matter where I'm from, doesn't matter who I'm related to, who I am. Right. There's a person who chose this, right. is the person who's qualified, is the person who's better than the negativity, and is the person who will rise. Right.
0: And that's who keeps you centered.
1: And that's what I did. That's
0: amazing. <laughs> I love that. I love
1: that. Oh, I it's ongoing. That. It's ongoing. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that,
0: you know, there's always. Um, people, right? People, people, yeah. people, and, yeah. and these voices, and yeah. and having to ignore the voices and know and, and stay centered. Now, do you meditate? Do you do anything else to kind of keep you keep yourself centered?
1: I, um, I did learn how to meditate a couple of years ago, and the particular technique I learned was transcendental meditation, um, but I only learned that a couple of years ago, and, you know, ideally, you're supposed to do it 20 minutes twice a day. Mm, I don't really get that. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm not At that, so good. Yeah, that time thing. I'm still aspiring to that time <laughs> right, thing. Right, 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 right. As well right. as other time management issues. But I've I've done a lot of work on myself, and I continue to do a lot of work on myself. And despite how traumatizing, truly psychologically, mentally, and, and even physically traumatizing um, the surgical residency was, and I did too, <laughs> the oh surgical residency, the general surger- surgery residency was, I now am able to look back upon it with gratitude and with appreciation. Because had it not been for that adversity, perhaps I would not be as, I think, resilient and strong as I am today. Right. Had it not been for me being introduced to the different types of perspectives and people and opinions and beliefs and stuff um, that people have available to throw on you, then perhaps I wouldn't be as well equipped to deal with some of the stuff that I'm dealing with in my current life. Right. So interestingly enough, um, I do believe that which doesn't, Kill you makes you stronger, makes you stronger. And I do believe that sometimes in life things happen to you, whether really, really great or really, really tragic, um, because maybe that's just a call to you. Maybe right. that's just a call for you to figure out how to, A, accept the call, acknowledge what's happening, and B, to grow and evolve. Right. I you mean, know, it took me years to be able to say to that. To be able to say that and believe it. And right? believe it. Like, you know, and I, I do believe it.
0: I, I was reading some I'm reading some book that um, a previous uh, guest on this podcast uh, you know, told me I should read. And, and they said that you know, no matter every event that, you, that happens in your life, whether it's a good or bad, you say thank you. You baptize the event. He, he says, yeah. "Baptize the event for yeah. being a good event, even yeah. if it was a, yeah. even if it traumatized yeah. you. You say thank you, yeah. right? Because ultimately, there is a lesson, and there is something in that quote-unquote bad event that ends up making you
1: so much more resilient. I think, um, I think it's a difficult lesson, and I'm still trying. Yeah, i still trying to embrace <laughs> that concept. Right, right, right. But I do think there is truth to that. Right." Um, but they I really also do. think
0: that, you know, a, a lot, in, in large part, um, you know, there's something that has to be said about people um, attacking you based on. That which they that, don't really know. What they don't know and yeah. what they're intimidated by, right? Um, I that think, they were taught to right. dislike.
1: Exactly. Because they don't understand.
0: Exactly. So mm. if something does not, you know, so if a, if, a, if a doctor comes in and the doctor doesn't look like a doctor. Whatever that means, right? Yeah. Then you may be under higher scrutiny than someone that walks in the door who may look like a doctor.
1: I'm. I got used to that. That. I thought that was amusing. I would walk in with my team, and and I'm petite. Yeah, and I'm petite, (laughs) and obviously I'm the only one who looked like I did, and and the uh, among the team of all you know, lab coats. And um, the patient would directly speak with of course. one of my students. Who looks like a doctor. Yeah, who them. would, quote, right. unquote, you know, be tall, dark, and <laughs> yeah. handsome, right, or right, tall, right. light, and handsome, whatever, right, right, right. but, in, you know, invariably um, male. And, um, and I would just let the patient go on and on and on and on and on. And then when it came to a point where the patient would ask, well, what's next, doc? Silence. And then I would intervene. I'd say, well, I'm Dr. Medea, and what's next is... <laughs> A B C D E F G all right, and, and you'd watch
0: them like <gasps> stunned. All right. You mean you're the one? Yeah. Yes, I am I am in fact the I one. I am in
1: fact the one. But in <laughs> addition to, you know, the very difficult um, and challenging uh, stories and vignettes, I also am very blessed to be able to have balanced those with instances and many instances and scenarios where um, I think I did a lot of good for the patient and that, you know, we had laughs and I learned a lot and the patient learned a lot. It, it, it's, it's all good. It ends up being a, a happy story. ending. Yeah.
0: So when you, I guess when you reflect on, um, you know, we discussed some, some of the, um, trials, right? Yeah. When you reflect on your success and your accomplishments, what, what stands out the most of what you've accomplished on the on the flip side of the trials,
1: you know, when you say success, yeah, it's hard to think about that because when you say success, I'm like, who me? Yes, you. But, um, I don't really, mm, I don't quite see my life as successful in that sort of oh she's arrived way. I feel as if I'm still going. I'm right. still a work in progress. So, I'm not sure about the success part, but in terms of accomplishments. I think that my accomplishments have been, I'm, and I'm grateful for these, I'm grateful to have had my eyes opened up to, to life and to recognizing that I am here for a mission. I do have a purpose, and I believe that that purpose is to serve and to contribute and maybe leave a legacy. So I'm grateful for that accomplishment because I don't think everybody Gets to that point of realization, maybe, right. um, or self-discovery. I mean, you've
0: had your own practice, yeah, um, in New York. So you <laughs> right. so let Is me, that a success. Let, let, a let me tell you what, you what, like, what I see. It's a struggle because <laughs> you're so humble, right? So I mean, you know, you've had a successful practice in New York. You've been—you've made numerous appearances on, you know, in the media. Uh, you've been on. I mean. Doctor Oz, just just to name one, right? I mean, but you've been on a number of shows. You've provided advice, medical advice to to the masses. Um, uh, I mean, you've you you got out of medical school for God's sake. You <laughs> went through two residencies, like mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you have a a, a beautiful office in Soho. Thank I mean, you. I'm sure that. I mean, this is an accomplishment. Looking oh, around, this you. is an accomplishment, baby. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you very <laughs> you know, much. So I, I know that you're very humble, um, but you have accomplished so much. Uh, and so much to be happy happy yeah. about, which I know makes you uncomfortable, so I'll move <laughs> on.
1: <so. laughs> but on to, to your point, thank you very much for those amazing compliments. I'm really grateful, and I appreciate your generosity. Um, but yes, my hard work has allowed me to be able to do some pretty amazing things, yeah. and I'm just very... Um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to the Dr. Oz's. I'm grateful to the ABC's and the CBS's and the Meredith Vieira's and the and the Tyra um, and all the media that I've had. I'm, I'm just grateful that someone thought that I might have that's something to, to say, say <laughs> and actually gave me an opportunity to say it and show it, whether it was on television or radio. And you, thank you, through your podcast. So oh, yeah. if that's an accomplishment, no, that, is, is an um, accomplishment. that actually sure. someone might listen to me, then then I accept. <laughs> <All> right, so, <laughs> Thank all right. you.
0: And, and we went on a wonderful ride. And this started kind of in Boston, right? We talked yeah. about Boston. And, yep. and you, so you, where did you go to medical school?
1: I um, was accepted into a combined medical program, which uh, involved going to Dartmouth Medical School for the first two years and then Brown University School of Medicine okay, awesome. for the next two years. And then I took a little uh, detour and stayed on at Brown and got yet another graduate degree in, <laughs> another, <laughs> another accomplishment. in biological medical sciences. I'm not even sure the exact name, but okay. I need. I needed a little breather. I needed a little... Uh,
0: that's a breather. Yeah, it was right. a breather
1: for me. You know, I'm such a nerd. It's just like, what else can I learn? That's sort of different right. from what I'm currently some learning folks now.
0: take a gap year. You decided to take another. Like, yeah, another
1: that degree. was my gap year. I got right. another degree. Yeah, that's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and, amazing. I, and I had amazing mentors, and I uh, really took the time to make sure that I wanted to go into surgery while doing some research and meeting People who just thought about medicine and life sciences a little bit differently from clinicians and doctors.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. And so now you are, you've graduated. And and where would you do your residency?
1: Oh, I did a few of those. So um, my general surgical residency was at the University of Connecticut in Connecticut, five years, and then I did a plastic surgery residency at um, Albert Einstein School of Medicine or Medical Center. And that was in the boogie down Bronx. Boogie down. Boogie down. 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 Shout out to the Bronx. And and then I did a cosmetic surgery fellowship. So again, that was my version of a gap. You're like, hmm, I don't think I'm done yet. One more. Right, one more. Um, A cosmetic surgery fellowship through the New York Eye and Ear Infirmary, uh, which is now, I think, a part of Mount Sinai.
0: Awesome. awesome 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 yeah. awesome so you were schooled up like yeah you, know, you you are you're schooled C- up. I'm leveled up yeah yeah you are <laughs> wow okay so i don't know what our um the time stamp is right now yeah so what why don't we um stop here and we will um and the audience like we have so much more to get into because after dr shirley got all schooled up she decided that she wanted to be a ballerina so <laughs> I know, right? well, we'll, we'll get into that on the next episode. Uh, hope, hopefully you guys will tune in until then. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Success with your host, Joy. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, YouTube, and Podbean. Please hit subscribe and leave a review once you've listened. Until then, Dr. Shirley, keep winning. I'm trying. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Medea MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful
1: place.